The following shear has been presented by Rav Yitzchak Grossman, Dayan at the Beis Havad, and has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. For Hetre Iska, loans and collections, please call the center at 1-888-485-VAAD or visit thehalachacenter.org. In Parashat Tetzavah, the Torah uses the word tamid, meaning always or constantly, twice. Once with respect to the tzitz, worn by the Kohen Gadol, the Torah says, tamid, The tzitz should be on the Kohen Gadol's forehead, tamid, always, And then later, the Torah uses the word tamid with respect to the carbon tamid. You should bring on the tamid. You should bring two sheep, tamid, every day, tamid. In the previous parasha, Parashas Truma, the Torah uses the word Tamid with respect to the Shulchan of the Lechem Apanim. The Torah commands, V'nosatal HaShulchan, Lechem Panim Lefanai Tamid. The Lechem Apanim should be on the Shulchan, on the table, again, Tamid. What does Tamid mean in these three contexts? So, with respect to the carbon Tamid, it's pretty clear. You don't bring the carbon Tamid all day. You bring it every day, every day, twice a day. So Tamid there means Consistently, constantly, every single day. In the other two cases, we have a machlokas tanoim about each one. With respect to the tzitz, what does tamid mean? So the Gemara in Masechus Yoma brings machlokas between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Huda about whether the tzitz is maratza, whether the tzitz provides ritzvi before Hashem, whether the tzitz uh, can atone for tumah, which is the chuyah so the Gemara says that when the tzitz is tali besichsa, when the tzitz is not being worn, but it's hanging on a peg, is the tzitz maratza? So Rabbi Yehuda says, Rabbi Yehuda says, no, al-meitzach venasa, that it only provides the ritzui when it's al-meitzach, when it's, when it's being worn by Aaron, when it's being worn by the Kohen Gadol. Rabbi Shimon says, no, you read the Pasuk, vayal mitzchot tamid l'ratzon l'fnei Hashem, the, the tzitz is always maratza, even when the Kohen Gadol is not wearing it. Had, had, what, what does Tamid mean, Rabbi Shimon says? It can't mean he, it has to be on his head all the time. Milo boy may ala beisakise, milo boy may nam. He can't wear the tits when he goes to the beisakise. He can't wear the tits when he sleeps. So the, it must mean that Tamid maratza. Rashi and Chumash, when he brings this, this, this idea of Chazal, he says he can't wear the tits all the time because he only wears it b'shas avod. The Gemara in Menachas doesn't say, the, the Gemara in Yoma doesn't say he only wears it b'sha'as avod. It says that he can't wear it when he goes to the bathroom, he can't wear it when he sleeps. Rashi has a different version of this idea that he only wears it b'sha'as avod. So what, what Tamid does not mean, according to everyone, what Tamid does not mean is the Kohen Gadol literally wears it Tamid all the time. According to Bishimon, what it means is that it's Tamid Maratzeh, that sits is always Maratzeh regardless of whether he's wearing it or not. What is Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda says it's not Maratzeh when he's not wearing it. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, what does Tamid mean? It means, Tamid shliyasiyach daitamimenu. It has to be constantly on his mind. That, uh, and the Gemara says, Tfilin has the same din. A person has to be a mashmesh betfila, a person has to touch his Tfilin, b'chol shah all the time. Kalvacharim mitzitz, tzitz only has askara achas, it only has one shem Hashem. The Torah says, al-mitzcho Tamid. Rabbi Yehuda darshan's al-mitzcho Tamid means shliyasiyach daitamimenu. It has to always be on his mind, he has to always be thinking about it, always be, always remember it. Tefillin has many shemas, has karas harbe, alachas kama v'kama. So these are the two pshatim of the Gemara in what tamid of the, of the tzitz means. It does not mean he wears it all the time. It either means it's maratze all the time, even when he's not wearing it, 
or it means that he can't be Messiah Das, it has to be on his mind, figuratively, he has to be thinking about it and remembering it all the time. What is Tamid about the Lechem Apanamin? So the Gemara Menachah says, that's also Machlokas Tanam. The Gemara says that they replaced the Lechem Apanim once a week with fresh bread, with new bread. So how did they remove the old bread and place the new bread on? So the Tanakhama says that they, there was Tifcha Shalzeh, Kenegat Tifcha Shalzeh, they would push the, the old bread off with the new bread, because it says Tamid, Lechem Apanim has to always be there. They couldn't just take off the Lechem Apanim as you would normally do and replace it with new bread, because then there'd be a moment, at least, when there's no bread on the Shulchan. So they had to use the, the new bread to push off the old bread, so there would always be bread on the Shulchan. Rabbi Yossi says, you don't have to do that. Afilu elu notlin ve'elu manichin. You can have, take off the old bread, bring on the new bread later. That's also Tamid. That's also Tamid. The Gemara brings a bride, Rabbi Yossi elaborates upon his shita. He says, afilu shachris. Even if you remove the old bread in the morning, the cedar is the chadosh harvest, and then hours go by, and you don't put on the new bread till the evening, you have much more than a moment, you have hours where there's no bread on the shulchan, ein bekachlum. That does not violate the, the Torah's mitzvah of tamid. What does the Torah mean, lefanai tamid? It means shloyolin shulchan below lechem. You can't go a night without lechem. By the time night falls, you have to have new bread. But tamid doesn't mean literally all the time. That's what the Tanakhama seems to hold. Rabbi Yossi says tamid means you can't have a day or a night without lechem. So here again we have a machlokis. The Tanakhama here seems to understand that tamid means literally all the time. Rabbi Yossi says tamid means each day, each night, there has to be lechem. The Gemara goes on. The Gemara says uh, a tremendous ramification, la halacha, practical halacha for Rabbi Yossi. We don't do the lechem upon him today. But Rabbi Ami says, midvarav shalbi Yossi nilmod, that a person has to learn Torah all the time, but you don't have to learn Torah literally, literally every minute. Even if a person learns Perak Echad Shachris, Perak Echad Arvis, he fulfills the mitzvah of Lo Yamesh Sefer Torah Zemipicha The In Yeshua it says that the Torah can never leave you, it doesn't use the word Tamid, but it says Lo Yamesh, the Torah can never depart from you, and you have to learn it Yomim Velayla. doesn't mean literally all day. It means, according to Rabbi Yossi, every day and every night. At least something every day and every night. Every day has to have some Lechem. Every night has to have some Lechem. So every day has to have some Torah. Every night has to have some Torah. But you don't have to learn literally all the time. Rabbi Yochanan Mishim Roshim Ben Yochai says even less than that. You don't even have to learn a parak. He says even Kriyashma, Shachris, Ba'arvis, that's already a fulfillment, according to this view of Lo Yomish, of Lo Yomish. But you shouldn't say this with Nehem Aretz. You shouldn't tell Nehem Aretz this because then he'll, he, he won't bother teaching his, his children Talmud Torah. He'll think it's good enough to say Kriyashma. Rava says it's a mitzvah to say this to Nehem Aretz before Nehem Aretz because he'll think that even Kriyashma is so great. Uh, Kolshkein, if he learns more Torah. Rashi brings another Peshat that the, he'll think that the Rabbanan could just do Kriyashma and they learn all day. It must be that Torah is really great. Anyway, this is all within the sheet of Rabbi Yossi, apparently. Rabbi Yossi says, Lechma Panim doesn't mean all the time, it means at least once during the day and at least once during the night. So Torah also at least once during the day and once during the night. The Gemara is not finished. The Gemara goes on, a famous, uh, a famous striking anecdote. It says, Ben Dama, who was the nephew of Rabbi Yishmael, Ben Achoshosh Rabbi Yishmael, asked Rabbi Yishmael, Someone like me, I've learned Kula, whatever that means. He's learned somebody of knowledge that's called Kula. Can I go learn Chachma Yivanis? Chachmas Yivanis? Can I go learn Chachmas Yivanis? He told him, nope, can't do that. It says, You have to learn Torah all the time, day and night. 
So unlike the previous step in the Gemara, which seems to understand that Yom Velayla means one parak or Kriyashma during the day and one at night, he understood, no, Yom Velayla means all day and all night. You're, the only solution for you is, find some time that's neither day nor night. That's, that's something that doesn't exist, Rashi said. There is no such time, and then you can learn Chachm Sivanis, meaning you can't do it because, contrary to what we said before, the Gisva Yom Velayla means that you have to learn Torah all the time. The Gemara itself says it's Machlokas. Instead of saying it's Machlokas with what we said before, the Gemara says it's Machlokas with Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmeni, because he says, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Pasuk Zeh of Loyamish is not a Chova, it's not a Mitzvah, it's a Bracha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw that Yeshua loved Torah, Dibay Torah Chavivim Alav, Yoser, that he, that he, he never left Moshe's side, Loyamish Mitoch HaOel, so he told him that you love Torah so much, Loyamish Teva Torah it's a Bracha, it's not a Chiyuv at all. There is a Ran. The Ran is going on the Dharam. The Gemara Nadarim also brings this idea. The Gemara is discussing a person makes uh, makes a neder to mazaris himself to learn Torah. So it says he's not considered uh, Mushbava Omeh to learn already because learning Torah he could be Yotze just with Kriyash Mashachras Varvis. The Ran says he can't take that Gemara at face value. Even though the Gemara says this in the Dharam and the Menachas, Lav Dafki says even if you're Mekayim Loyamish by doing that, he says you have a Chiyav to learn. Well, you, do, you do have a chiyav to learn Torah Yom Velayla, he says, as much as you can, because the Mara Kedushin says a different pasuk, Vishinantam, Torah Mechudadim Beficha, you have to be, you have to have the Torah well, well ingrained into your, into your mind. If someone asks you a question, you should answer right away. Certainly you're not going to get there by just Kriyashma Shakras Harvest. So clearly there's a chiyav to, uh, to learn Torah all the time, to satisfy Vishinantam. What does the Mara mean? You can get away with Kriyashma Shachras Varvis. He says that's what's Mafurish in the Pasuk, and in Hilchas Nidaram, that's important. What's explicit in the Pasuk, what's not explicit in the Pasuk. But certainly he says, even if in terms of the Pasuk of Loyamish, you can get away with Kriyashma Shachras Varvis, but actually, Halach Lamaiser, there's a Chiyav to learn Kavikaucho as much as you can. Otherwise, there's no way that you're going to be able to know, to know, to, to be Mikhaim, the, the requirement of a Shinantam. Ben Dama, Ben Dama, Bishmal's nephew, apparently did learn Kala Kula, and he wanted to know about Chachmas Yivanis, and he told, he was told he still can't do that, because you have, because you have to have Yom Velayla, even though, again, as we've seen, the Gemara has different opinions about what the Gizba Yom Velayla means, whether it's a bracha or a mitzvah, whether it means according to Rabbi just like Tamid means not all the time, but Tamid means consistently, every single day and every single night, but not all day and all night, there are different opinions, why Tamid in the context of the Shulchan is interpreted differently from Tamid in the context of the Tzitz, also a question. I'll call upon him, but there is a, this Pasuk of Yisab Yom Velayla, which is one of the main Makaras for the Mitzvah, for the Chiv of learning Torah, of learning Torah all the time, the Marmanacha says it's not really so simple, it's not so clear what that means. Even if it's a Mitzvah, it's not really clear that that means you have to learn all the time. Perhaps, as the, as the Gemara suggests, perhaps, according to Rabbi it's enough, just like Rabbi says about the Lechem Apanim, it's enough to learn Torah, one parak or kriyashma, just kriyashma during the day and once at night, the Gemara seems to have at least uh, one one stage in which it proposes the same thing could be true for 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 Talmud Torah. This question in general that the Ran addresses, that the Gemara is addressing, this is a general question that later posts can touch on in various ways. This is the the question of leisure. What is the the attitude of the Torah of the Halacha to leisure activity? Everyone agrees that's the Imar and Brachas, and about whether a person's allowed to work, certainly, generally, the Pukhazi Mayama Dabar, the Minag is that uh, even pious Jews, even observant Jews, they work, they make a living, 
people, the, the people eat, we, we eat, we sleep, we certainly do other things that, that even if the things that are not actually mitzvahs, instead of learning Torah, we learn Torah when we can, but we do other things also. The question is, what about leisure? What about reading a book for pleasure, playing chess, playing baseball? What about other types of activities, playing board games? What is the, the halacha's attitude toward, toward leisure in general? So, one question we have to ask ourselves is Bittel Torah, that uh, even Ben Dama wanted to learn Chachmas Yilanis. He was told that he can't, because he has to do Vigis Vigil and Valayla. So, does the mitzvah of Talmud Torah leave any room for leisure activity? And furthermore, there's, there's another question Post can discuss in the context of many leisure activities, perhaps even, even more, invoked even more often than Bittel Torah, and that is the question of Moshev Leitzel. Very first couple of Sukkim in Tehillim, Three things that you shouldn't do. You shouldn't walk in the, the eights of Rishayim. You shouldn't stand in the derech of Chatayim. And, and, and you don't sit in a Moshev Leitzim. Moshev Leitzim, that, that phrase of the three phrases in the Pasuk is perhaps the most famous and the most widely invoked. Moshev Leitzim very difficult phrase to translate. A late is a, a scoffer, a skeptic, a cynic, someone who uh, doesn't respect things of value, things of worth, of seriousness. But as we'll see, Postkim expand the notion of Moshe of Leitzim to include, some Postkim at least, extended quite broadly to include a fairly broad swath of activities that we would think are perhaps innocent or harmless pleasures. Postkim nevertheless often say that if something isn't a constructive activity with a clear and concrete purpose, it falls into the category of Moshev Leitzim. The, the discussion begins with a Gemara, with a Gemara in Avodah The Gemara in Avodah Zarah, what the Mishnah Perkei says, if, if two people sit and they don't, and they don't have the very Torah between them, that's a Moshev Leitzim already, even if they're not making fun of things, if they just talk about uh, economics, the, the economy, the weather, politics, apparently, if they don't discuss the very Torah, that itself is a Moshev Leitzim. The Gemara Navodazara expands on this. The Gemara gives a number of examples. You have to, I guess, be there in, in, the, in the culture of the ancient pagans to fully understand what the Gemara is talking about, but the Gemara brings various examples of Roman or Greek culture that are Moshe of Leitzim. If someone goes to Itztadinen, Ulakarkom, stadiums, these probably refer to gladiator stadiums where people were forced to fight each other and kill each other or fight against animals, and he sees the snakes and all kinds of... Uh, Strange things, clowns and magicians, Bukion, Mukion, Mulion, Lulion, Blurion, Salgurion, that's Moshe of Leitzim. That's what the Pasuk means when it says that you shouldn't do all those things, rather, Kiyim Bataras Hashem Chefzo. These things are, are Bittel Torah. So the Gemara connects Moshe of Leitzim and Bittel Torah. Going to these types of theaters and stadiums, the Gemara says, is Moshe of Leitzim. Those who go to Ashrei Ha'esh, who doesn't go to Tartios, theaters, and uh, Karkisos, circuses, the words even are the same words we use today, theaters and circuses, and, and also Lohamed B'Kanigion, he doesn't get involved, he doesn't participate or even observe, he, he hasn't even watched these Kanigion, which are some types of, some type of Moshev Leitzim involving animals. Again, these are all things that the Gemara says are Moshev Leitzim. And the Arzarua, Rabbi Yitzhak of Vienna, back in the, one of the major Rishonim already says, hunting. The people talk about hunting, they talk about the Chuba the Nodabi Yehuda, who has issues with cruelty and, and danger involved. But Arzarua said hunting is prohibited, recreational hunting is, as opposed to uh, professional hunting to make a living. 
but recreational hunting, hunting just for fun. Today we play baseball, and today we play uh, tennis. Back then, even today, some people hunt as a form of leisure and recreation. Says the Arzerua, anyone who hunts with dogs the way the non-Jews do, he will not merit to see the Simcha the Leviathan in the time of Mashiach. The Gemara says, Things involving trapping animals. They do it for Simcha and for Schok. They do it for entertainment and leisure. And he says that's uh, says someone who does not get involved in these things, who does not watch and observe these things. He'll be Zoch, Elorosa, and Lasud Lavo. Hashem will reward him later. Shtar Zerua said, hunting in his time was similar to the theaters and circuses of the Gemara. It was a mo- it was a Moshe of Leitim. He invokes these psukim. He brings this Gemara, and B'derech Atam Lo Amad. He brings this whole sugya, and he says that's a, that's something that a, that a person should not do. Similarly, the Mari Bruna, Mari Bruna was asked, Are you, "Is a Jew allowed to watch horse races when the Goyim, the Arelim, when they race horses? And is he allowed to watch the is he allowed to watch the jousting? They, the, that was a medieval form of entertainment. The knights, the, the, the soldiers would fight against each other as training, as, as, as for play. Are you allowed to watch these things? So horse races, he says yes. He says a horse race is like what we would call an auto show. You go to see which are the good horses. You want to buy a horse. A Jew needs a good horse, he says. You have to buy horses to get away from the enemies, he says. So that's a, a productive, a, a constructive endeavor to go to a horse race. I don't think that would apply today when horses are not used for any for anything for anything except recreation and gambling. But at least at that time, horses were like cars today, so they were useful. However, he says to go watch the jousting. He says when they ride against each other with poles and things. He says that he's not sure. And again, in the Shaila, he invokes the Gemara Nevadazara, the, the issue of Moshe Vleitzim, the, the the trapping animals. So he wasn't sure whether watching these these medieval jousting whether whether that would be considered Moshe Vleitzim or not. He was not actually sure that uh, that 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 such things are mutter. So again, we the, the, we have this is not really brought in Shulchan Aruch, a, a clear definition of what Moshe Vleitzim is, but we have these various examples already in the Rishonim and the Arzeruah, the Maribruna, different types of entertainment that were popular in the culture of their time, that they said it, it's an issue of Moshe Vleitzim, and there are actually those who apply this to uh, modern things like ball games. From Nasha Klein, who's uh, something of. Uh, doesn't have much use for Western culture in general, certainly. He's, he's, he's somewhat extreme on these types of issues. But he says to go watch, uh, to go watch ball games, he says. To go watch people play ball. Mishakim Bakador, ball play balaz, he says. Besides Bittelzman, he says, it's the Isra of Moshe Vleitzim. Even to listen on the radio, he says, or the television, he says, it's Bittel Torah. And maybe it's not Moshe Vleitzim if you're in your own house. If you don't go and congregate with the Leitzim, he says, it's still Bittel Torah. And other things, but actually going to a stadium, he argues, is Moshe Vleitzim. So, again, we find Moshe Vleitzim being invoked by, by the early postkim uh, to, and some of the later postkim to prohibit various forms of, uh, of leisure activity. The truth is, however, there are other areas in which we find considerable debates among the postkim as to whether these activities are Moshe Vleitzim or not. One of the most interesting questions is gambling, gambling on Hanukkah in particular. People today sometimes think that dreidel is an ancient Hanukkah tradition, that the Rebbes do it, and people do it as a great Jewish thing. Gambling, the, some of the great postkin we'll discuss soon, were very much against on Hanukkah. They think that was somehow a, a traif, uh, you know, later, later uh, adulteration of the spirit of Hanukkah. The truth is, it's actually the other way around. Dreidel doesn't have sources going back more than about 250 years ago. The earliest recorded sources we have of dreidel and Hanukkah go back not more than 250 years. Gambling on Hanukkah is brought in the postkim is actually a minute that goes back at least 600 years. 
the earliest references to, to gambling on Hanukkah appear in, in, in some of the German postkim about 600 years ago. We have, for example, the Marival. We have the Marival mentions in passing, there's a chuva about Shalom Bayes, about, uh, about a, a man who was accused of not behaving properly to, to his wife. Not that he was physically abusing her, he was wasting his money on gambling and bars, he was partying, and he was, uh, he, he wasn't living, uh, like, he wasn't living like a sober, uh, like a sober, um, responsible Jewish husband. And she wanted, uh, she said, Ma'asalai, I don't like him, I can't deal with this, I want my ksuva. The husband's defense was, no, I'm not, I'm not a wastrel, I don't sit there and gamble, I don't gamble profligately, improperly, the only time I gamble, I gamble is on Hanukkah, which is the minhag. My gambling is limited to when it's socially acceptable, for example, Hanukkah. So the Marival doesn't discuss the halachas of Hanukkah, he discusses the, the Ebenezer aspects of this, but he, he mentioned that this was the person's defense. My, def- my defense was, I only gamble on Hanukkah because that's the minhag. Marival lets that go without comment. So apparently we have an early source that there was a minhag to gamble on Hanukkah. We find this explicitly, even more directly mentioned in Maribruna, around the same, similar also uh, around the same time. Maribruna said, that there was once a kehila that made a takana. Very often local kehilas would make local takanas to forbid gambling because it destroyed the social fabric. It was, uh, it was, it was a terrible, uh, terrible problem for society. Problem gambling. So the, the kehila made a takana. They banned gambling except for days that were like Yom Tovim where we don't say tachnan, including Hanukkah. So they allowed gambling on Hanukkah. Not all year, but on Hanukkah they allowed it. So they had a lumdisha question. They had a, the, the question was, what about the night after Hanukkah? Is that still, Hanukkah is really over already, but is that Nichlal of the Heter of Hanukkah? So they asked the Truma Sedeshen, Rabbi Yisrael of Marpurk, the Truma Sedeshen. He said it's Mutter, because that, that, well, there were two questions. First of all, the night before Hanukkah, he said it was Mutter, and he says, uh, and he, 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 he brings two versions to the question. He says that the Hanukkah, he had gotten a Mutter list, by Laila Achar Hanukkah, they asked the Mari Marpurk, and he was Mater. And he says that, uh, he said that we haven't gotten to the point we say Tachnun yet, so I'm sorry, this was the question about the night after Hanukkah, and he said, until you get to the day that you say Tachnun, which is the next morning, you can still gamble. So this apparently was a, was a Takana, again, they don't comment whether this was a good Takana, a bad Takana, but they, they think it was a valid Takana, they, they allowed gambling on Hanukkah, and they even allowed it Matzei Hanukkah, according to the Nusuch of this Takana. Truma Sedeshin himself, incidentally, in another Tshuva, discusses gambling, in the context of Pesach, he says that he remembers that there were certain people, he says, who had a minhag on Pesach, that they would avoid playing cards. Doesn't say if they were gambling or playing other types of card games. They would avoid playing cards on Pesach. And he wasn't 100% sure why, but he said, Yesh Lomar, maybe the reason is because they were trying to avoid playing on the tables, the dining tables, the tables where they ate, because the cards had starches in them, on them of chametz, and there, there, there would be, maybe crumbs would fall off the cards into the food, and it would, and so on, but apparently gambling, card playing was a normal activity. The medachtikim, people who were particularly careful about kashrus, would avoid playing with cards on the tables on Pesach because they were afraid that some chametz would fall into the food. We find later postkim, we find the, the Sefer Noe Ketzon Yosef, the Noe Ketzon Yosef of Rav, um, one, one of the, one, one of the German, one of the German postkim, Rav Yosef, Yosef Kosman. So he said that, uh, he also mentions, he says, Bechol HaKehilos in German communities, they, they made Xeris not to play, not to gamble, not to play games the whole year, except for Hanukkah and Purim. On Hanukkah and Purim, they allowed gambling, they allowed these games. He, he says, grudgingly, it's not because they thought it was a halig way to, to celebrate Hanukkah, but it was Kenegad Yetzirah, 
Mutav shiyokul basar tmushos v'shchutos. Better that they eat something which is technically mutter than do do isurim. Not clear exactly what he means. We'll see later. Some post can worried if we don't we don't give them some outlet, they'll do worse things when they're off from work. Maybe that was the concern. But Lamai said that was the minute they allowed, albeit grudgingly, they allowed gambling on Hanukkah. One of the most interesting references to this custom appears in the Chavas Yar. The Chavas Yar says, when he remembers, when he was young, he says, the Rabbanim, the Balei Atakanos, led by his father, he says, the great Go and his father, they wanted to change the Minhag. The old German Minhag, again, was that they used to allow gambling dafka on Hanukkah, all year long not, but they gave a, an outlet, a heter, to gamble on Hanukkah. And his father, the, the Chassid, was very upset, he says, these days that were established for Lahodos or Lahalel, now they're set aside for gambling, and, and Kalos said that this is a terrible thing. He wanted to move them over to the days of the non-Jewish holidays, meaning between Christmas and New Year's. And it, because anyway, they're not working then, people are home. So let's move the gambling then. Let them gamble on those holidays and celebrate Hanukkah properly. Lo also biyadam, he says, the Rabbanim were not able to do this. Kilo hiskimu l'shanas minhag. This was a venerable minhag. People were used to gambling on Hanukkah. They wouldn't give up their Hanukkah gambling. And therefore the Rabbanim couldn't switch it. So again, we have it particularly among the German communities. We have an old tradition of gambling. Some of the Rabbanim expressed uh, a grudging acceptance of it. Others just mention it without comment. But it was an old, it was an old custom that, that German communities used to tolerate, at least tolerate, gambling on Hanukkah. The Chassim Sofer talks about, was asked the question, should we be marish against those who, uh, should we raise an outcry against those who play Kvetlach on Hanukkah? He says, we tried it, he says. He says there was once a community that did prohibit gambling on, for a certain period, including the, including the certain, certain days, he says. Not clear which days, Yimei Chagam, he says, the non-Jewish holidays, Yisrael Kedoshim or Machmer, he says. However, it backfired, he says, because it caused, they don't have anything to do. People are bored. People idle hands of the devil's work. It causes Machlokas, Lashon Hara. When they're Batel, the, the Gemara says, the Mishnah says, Batalim Avili Dei Zima and Shimam. So Jews, don't, they didn't always know how to use their time properly. If they didn't have the relatively wholesome outlet of card playing and gambling, they would get involved in Machlokas and Lashon Hara, he says. Batalim Avili Dei Harbim Machsholim. Amarti, Yisrael ben Nevi'imhen, Kamarenu and Higukain. So we should allow it, he says. We should, he says, it's great if people could learn all the day, all the time. He says, not everyone does it, he says. They get involved in fights, he says, and Hashchasa. We shouldn't ask her, he says. We, sh- we should give them a break, because it, it, it's be- better than the alternative. Maybe that's what the, that's what the, then maybe that's what the Noi Ketan Yosef meant also. He says, certainly those who are alum de Torah, that they have the Koach to study Torah, then, then no, then they should learn Torah, he says. But not everyone can do that, he says, and therefore, it's understandable that they allowed gambling because people need some kind of outlet and they, and they can't really learn. They can't really learn all the time. It's just not going to work. Elsewhere, the Chassam Sofer actually discusses the question of Moshe Vleitzim. Elsewhere, the Chassam Sofer himself says that he does that 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 he that that he doesn't understand how people can just uh, how people can just engage. The Chassam Sofer says that uh, regarding Schok, he says, how can people do it? It's Moshe Vleitzim. But here, the Chassam Sofer recognized even if it's not the ideal way to spend your time. Sometimes it'll be better than the alternative, and uh, and and we should tolerate it. Now, in the, among the later Achronim, we have the Bir Halacha and the Aruch HaShulchan, two of the great 20th century poskim, both uh, were vehemently opposed to gambling on Hanukkah. Bir Halacha writes, Babansenu HaRabim, there are Anoshim, instead of singing Zmiras and Sishpachos to praise Hashem, instead they play cards, kartin, and the Svar Makdoshim were marish against this, he says, Shomer Nafshar Yerchak Rachashulchan also, he says, that those who, uh, talks about Suda, but he says, those who play cards, Baklafim, Onshan, Rav, 
very similar to the Chavetz Chaim, but Benetzenu Harabim, this Pashta Negat Saras Hazeb Beis Yisrael, Oilanu shall also be a Menu Kach. He says, Kamamini Averis Tluyus Bezeh. It's a terrible, terrible thing. Vehu Rachum Yichaper Oven. Anyone who has the power to mivatel this terrible custom, Scharam Maruba Maod, and gambling is unacceptable. It's striking, however, that around the same time, even even in the twentieth century, we have one fairly staunch defender of card playing and of leisure. And that is, of all people, Rav Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld. Rav Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld has a, a fascinating series of tshuvas in Salmas Chaim. He was asked by some kanoi, we think of him as a kanoi, but, but often, in some cases, he's quite a moderate. In this case, he was asked repeatedly by some kanoi who wanted to condemn and ban all forms of leisure, and the Salmas Chaim repeatedly uh, brushes him off. The fellow asked him, Hanukkah and other times, people are mekil, and they play schok, he says, and they say that Bnei Torah do this, Tzarechian, what's the answer? It's Bittal Torah, he was asked. So how can you, so he also acknowledges in Hanukkah the minig was to play and to, and to do these types of things. What's the answer? It's Bittal Torah. Brings it to a sedation about people who played cards and Pesach, they avoided it, but apparently they used to play. What's the answer? It's Bittal Torah. How are you allowed to play games? This person asked him. No, he says, we find in Chazal that people used to go for walks, they used to have leisure activities, he says, Ace Lischok, he says, like, like Shlomo HaMelech said, Efshu Bechal Ace Lischok. They have to do it because they, I mean, they can't be batal. The person can't learn all day. He says, not everyone is Mesugal to learn Torah all the time. And Batala, like the Chasim Sofer said, is a terrible thing. So they allowed people to have some relatively harmless leisure activities. And he said, he goes so far as to say, contrary to the, contrary to the Arachashulchan and the Bir Halacha, who talk about how it's a terrible, terrible minhag and you have to it. He says, Pongfakar, he says, Ain Lahara Rachamina Gisrael Am Kadosh. You shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't, uh, cast aspersions on a Minig Yisrael. He says that, like the Chasm Server said, it's better than the alternative of having worse things, like listening to the news. He was not a big fan of politics and the news. People are going to get involved in that kind of thing, he says. Leave him alone, he says. People are, people are human beings. They, they can't learn Torah all the time. They have to be allowed the chance to play a little bit, including on Hanukkah. That was the Shoal said in Hanukkah. said, people need it. You know, people are not, you know, people can't just learn Torah all the time. So the fellow pushed back, his correspondent pushed back, and he says, I don't understand. How is it not Bittal Torah? He says, you have to learn Tamid, he says. The Gemara says, you have to learn all the time. So, and Ben Dama had no chance to learn Chachmas Yivanis, he says. So how, so how are you allowed to learn, uh, how, how are you allowed to do this, he says. So he says, you know, maybe if someone is sick, he can do that, he says, but just to allow a general hetter for everyone to have leisure, I don't understand. How, how, what's the hetter? Rabbi Yosef Chaim's correspondent said. Says Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld, no, he says, many times doctors say that a person needs some kind of, uh, some kind of break, the leisure is good for him, teal is good for him, sometimes they'll say, don't, don't engage yourself in heavy intellectual activity, just play a little bit, it's healthy, he said. So the fellow, Rav Yosef Chaim's correspondent, tried one more time. He says, I understand, the chola, someone who's actually sick, maybe needs that, he says. The doctor, he'll have a note from his doctor, he has to play a little bit, he says. But a stam person, he says, that, uh, you have the Gemara. The Gemara says about Bandama, he had no hatter to learn Chachmas Yivanis. So a person, a regular person has to learn all the time. There's no hatter to engage in leisure activities. He keeps bringing the fact that the, the Rishonim said, that reading history, reading the Sifre Malachim, reading the the, the, the the Greek literature, reading things like that is Moshe Vleitim. Even Bachal, you're not allowed to do that. We shouldn't say that. It's brought in Shulchan Aruch. So how are you, Tosis and the Rush, 
See, you can't just you can't just do stuff that that has no purpose. So what's the hatter? Unless you're sick and you have a doctor's dispensation that you need some leisure, he says. What's the hatter? He said. Rabbi Yosef Chaim told him one last time. He said, "I saw your hasagas." He says, "I just told you my opinion, my das nota, but I'm not closing from anything I said." Hagam Shein He says, "This is this is my opinion. Uh, you know, this is what I hold. Leisure is leisure is healthy. Leisure is normal. People need it." He says. And, uh, you can't, you can't just tell everyone that they have to learn Torah all the time. That's not a realistic, it's not a realistic thing to do. And therefore, uh, so unlike the, the Biralach and the Arachashulchan who felt that card playing in particular, at least on Hanukkah, was a terrible thing, Rebbe Chaim's Chubas are not primarily around, uh, are not primarily around Hanukkah, but the Shoal did mention Hanukkah was the time people did it, and he had no objection. He just, again, I don't know how Maduik all these Chubas are, but, but he said, leisure is healthy, leisure is normal. Don't condemn people for having a little bit of innocent fun. One one final case we'll talk about that Post can discuss Moshe Vleitzim and Bittel Torah is chess. So we find in some of the early sources among the Svardim that some of the Svardi Gedolim used to apparently enjoy chess. The Knesset Dola says that Mori Harav, his Rebbe, that's the Marit presumably, and Kol Gedole Hadar, he says, would not object when people play chess, Eskaki, which is probably chess, he says, moreover, he even heard about his Rebbe, that when his Rebbe saw, when his Rebbe the Marit, when he saw people playing chess, he would uh, join them, he would teach them, teach them moves, he would teach them Derech HaSchok, he would give them uh, advice and guidance on how to play well. For another great gadol of that time, he says, Rebbe Chil Basan, I heard about him, he says, that he used to play himself chess, he says, he used to, and, and that was the minute, he says, he's discussing other things, not primarily Moshe Vleitzim, he's discussing the, the gambling questions and so on. But uh, but the Kesei says that there were Gedolei Torah of his time, of 400 years ago, of his, a generation before him, that they used to be chess players themselves, and they tolerated chess, and chess was considered a legitimate activity, and uh, and, uh, and and that's chess. The Primagadim, however, has a comment, that this is born in Shulchan Aruch and Shabbos, the, the discussion about playing chess on Shabbos. The Mishnah brings the Primagadim over there in Hilcha Shabbos that that the that, that that during the week at least where there's no Isra of Shabbos, if it's your Parnasa you can play, if you're a professional player, but if it's just Latil who if you're just playing for fun where there's no constructive purpose, so the Primagadim says Mishabura brings it's Moshe Vleitzen. It's uh, something of a Pella, you just Mishabura is just so soon with Moshe Vleitzen where we have we have testimony of Gidoli Torah of the of the Kadmonim of the early Achronim who used to play and used to tolerate it and condone it. Maybe it depends. I call him Adam, a person who is capable of learning should learn, but, but Hamona maybe not. I call upon him. There is, we do, we do have, we do have, uh, we do have ample sources from the early poskim who said that the, from among the early Akronim who did say that chess was normal. Shabbos is a question, but at least during the week, that chess was a was a normal activity. It was not something that was usher because of Moshe Vleitzim. Menachas Yitzchak uh, is, is unhappy about playing chess on Shabbos. He says certainly those who can learn Torah should Torah uh, Yega Yom Valayla. Even Bachol, he says, he's, he, he's very Yesh Lodin Harbe whether chess is appropriate activity even during the week. He says, and people say it sharpens the mind. He says, but uh, and still he says the Sefer Reishis Chachma condemned it and said that even during the week you shouldn't do it, and certainly not on Shabbos, which is for Limud Torah. So Lamaisa, even uh, even when it comes to uh, when it comes to chess, we find conflicting views. At the end of the day, we have at the end of the day we have very little definition in the post and what is Moshe Vleitz and what is not. Again, the Rishonim said literature is usher, but today many people do do uh, do read literature. Chess we find is a machlokas. Uh, sports, 
Shlomo Aviner has a discussion about various forms of Moshe Vleitim. He gives you a handy Aleph-based index uh, of things he thinks are Asur and Mutter. Some of his conclusions uh, perhaps are rather surprising. Bowling, he says, type of Moshe Vleitim, and Taruvas, men and women. He says, uh, sports, he says. He says, personal sport, just for exercise, is fine, but elitist sports, competitive sports, at a high level, he says, Moshe Vleitim, and so on, uh, imaginative literature, fantasy, Harry Potter, he says, that certainly you shouldn't read, he says, it's full of Havalim and Shtuyot, and some Orer uh, Bad Amunos, and so on, circus, Osir, even a from circus without women, is Osir, theater, Osir, he says, that the, so again, some posts are quite strict, other posts are more lenient, again, the early Svartim is still playing chess, it's hard to know what the exact definition of Moshe Vleitzim is, and uh, at the end of the day, to some extent, I guess, Pukhazi Mayama Dabar, certain of these activities uh, are, are are fairly common, bowling certainly, and in, in, uh, playing games like chess, are uh, the Minig, I think, clearly is to be made ill, but again, exa- how to define exactly what is Moshe Vleitzim and what constitutes Bittel Torah, and whether we take the the more tolerant approach of Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld or a stricter approach is, uh, is, is a difficult question. The Beis Havad on the Parsha series has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. To reach the Center for Halacha Consultations, Service, Educational Seminars, or Media, please call 1-888-485-VAD. That's 1-888-485-8223. To sign up to the BHHJ, the Beis Havad's weekly interactive e-journal, please visit www.bhhj.org or you can email us at office at the halachacenter.org.